can organizations seize the AI opportunity? Yes, AI is an opportunity and AI also has risks. But to leverage the opportunity, you need to manage risks. And for that, you need to start in the right way, set up the right policy, create the right framework, and then include the right stakeholders. And when you do that, then you are all set for AI and managing and leveraging AI as an opportunity and also managing the AI risks. Now, how do you go about it? What are the steps to take? How do you start thinking about leveraging data? How do you start thinking about AI governance? For all this and more, what we have is a very interesting guest and his name is Balaji Ganeshan and he's the CEO of a company called Privacera. So let's go and talk to him. Hello, and welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast with Punit Bhatia. This is the podcast for those who care about their privacy. Here, your host, Punit Bhatia, has conversations with industry leaders about their perspectives, ideas, and opinions relating to privacy, data protection, and related matters. Be aware that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not legal advice. Let us get started. So here we are with Balaji. Welcome, Balaji, to the Fit for Privacy podcast. Thanks, Puneet. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to be here and uh, uh, have a conversation. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a pleasure. And maybe let's start with a simple question. Now, AI or artificial intelligence can be described in many words and in many ways and with long, long descriptions. But when you think of the AI, what's the one word that comes to your mind? Uh, I see opportunity. I think the one word that comes to my mind is um, opportunity um, to advance humankind, opportunity to drive a lot of results and solutions that previously has probably not seen as impossible. I think, I think artificial intelligence um, and I, do, I think AI has become a, a lot more forefront with the advance of generative AI, but AI is with, has been existed for a long while, and it's since the 80s. So if you remember the uh, the supercomputer that um, IBM built called Deep Blue and was playing chess uh, with grandmasters around it, it was still not invincible. And, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more movies made about AI than, than articles, but I think AI is always about... Um, harnessing the human intelligence and you know doing it at scale so if if, if you could build combine all these strengths that humans have and be built into a machine can that drive uh, tremendous opportunities for us so we we have been leveraging ai in many many spheres without us knowing about it uh, uh, through the advance of internet and other ages uh, but we I think with the advance of chat GPT and other things, it has brought even more to the forefront that things which deemed impossible in many years back or a few years back, and now people are able to see that part of having a conversation that looks like almost like a human human being as part of it. So I, I see AI, AI is going to make humankind better. AI is a huge set of opportunities as part of it. It's Absolutely. not something we, sh we should be fearful of. I think... Um, I think what we should be mindful of is the risk it brings up and we should be thinking about how to mitigate those risks because we should not clamp down AI for the fear of it's going to be fear. I think it's a huge advancement of technology, huge advancement of innovation to bring. Uh, I'm looking forward for the next generation and I have a 15 and a 12 year old and I'm, and I'm excited to see when 
in their generation, AI is going to be mainstream and it is going to do tremendous things to aid people and as part of it. So, so for me, AI is, is opportunity as everything else. Uh, I'm not, Absolutely. I don't know, you've been, you've been in this space for a long time as well. So I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Well, certainly, I think you said the two parts uh, very clearly. AI is a huge opportunity for businesses, and that's what we need to leverage. But all the same, it, like any other technology, like other any other opportunity, it does create some risks. And we need to identify and mitigate those risks. And if we do that in a balanced way, we are in a good space and businesses can leverage a lot and it can support the human man, humankind, race, mankind in a very big way. So if we say that it's an opportunity and which we both agree on, why do we think that businesses need to leverage it or how can businesses leverage it? Because end of the day, AI feeds on data. Correct. And one of the key elements of last decade has been we've been talking about how do we leverage data? How do we manage data? How do we govern data? And all of a sudden for last two, three years, we are now saying AI governance, AI data governance. So how can companies or businesses on board or start thinking about AI and data governance combined? Yeah, if you look from the enterprise point of view, which is, you know, you know, yeah, we are excited with the chat GPT advanced features of it. Uh, but at the enterprise level, they have to think about data, but they have to also think about, you know, compliance and security and, and privacy parts of it. And these are driven by external mandates, of course, right? So if you're depending on the industry you are in, so we were talking to a, a chief data officer in a bank, a large bank. Um, in financial industries, it's, you know, compliance is the need of the day. And so you are bound by a lot of regulations around how do you um, leverage data, but you have to do a lot of external reporting to regulators part of it. So similarly in healthcare and other pieces of it, um, but there are also internal mandates around this data is not you know free for all and we always looked at data and ai in the same lens as saying it comes with opportunity but you have to balance the risk because if you don't do that uh, organizations if you only focus on one aspect of innovation uh, then ultimately it doesn't scale like in the enterprise world it doesn't scale means it doesn't drive adoption quickly gets shut down if there is some seen as some project which can introduce security or other pieces. So when you think about innovation and AI is, is a big sphere of innovation in the enterprise world, you have to really think about um, enterprise readiness is what we call it in the tech industry. So it's really you have to think about governance, security, observability, operating at scale, because without that, any technology will, will struggle in adopting adoption for it. And now if you, if you're not harnessing the power of the technology and if it's being only used in one one small pocket in the enterprise, the organizations are not going to drive value out of that part. So in um, and this is the always been the challenge with technology adoptions in the enterprise world is um, you know which comes first, right? So do you build security or do you build innovation first? And in some cases, innovation is a little bit ahead of the other aspects of uh, in some cases. It's balanced, but we are in this day and age that we cannot ignore. It's two parts of an equation. So you cannot ignore one side and just assume that just building an innovative culture or embracing an innovative technology is going to drive value because if you ignore the other part, it quickly gets shut down. It doesn't get an option part of it. So for us, um, enterprises can, 
you know, there's huge opportunities for enterprises to drive value out of this AI piece. And AI is a template. Every industry, you know, every company has has now a mandate around uh, some form of AI pieces of it, and especially with generative AI coming in. People have done hackathons and come up with hundreds of use cases. So if you're a CEO of a large bank, if you're a CEO of a large financial services company, they feel that they, they all have lots of data. That's one of their moats and differentiators. And they are thinking how to leapfrog the competition by leveraging technology. And AI certainly um, can do that part. We are in that cusp and age of age where AI has become much easier than it was a decade back. You don't have to have an army of hundreds and thousands of data scientists and people to build every part of the infrastructure. Technology has advanced to a stage where you can get up and running fairly quickly. You can buy applications which embed AI. So we have certainly on that part. But being going from that part, if you don't balance the risk part, and we talked about balancing, this is a balance equation that needs to happen. Uh, ultimately, the technology doesn't get adopted in the company. And if you're not doing that, you're defeating the business purposes. So for many CDOs, CIOs, um, it is the puzzle that they, they are always struggling to solve is how do you balance that risk mitigation with the innovation part? And, and we are in the same pace. So many organizations today are thinking about it in the same way as we are talking about. I think I would agree with that. It, the CROs and CDOs are certainly struggling with it, but it's a business question first because technology is an enabler. Technology would solve your challenge, what you want to, but it's for the business, the CEO and the COO to set their sights on what do they want to achieve as a business. And then the CRO, CDO, and maybe the chief AI officer or whatever you call that combined can get you the right technologies and help you achieve that business objective. Now, if we say, that that it's relevant it's to be done what are the some of the first steps you would suggest that companies can take to start this journey towards ai yeah i think um, the good part is many companies already have an ai program in place so like i said uh, uh, many large enterprises have been um, uh, most enterprises have been dabbling with machine learning or some level of ai uh, what we are seeing today is the what to call a paradigm shift between traditional machine learning into generative AI. And the paradigm shift is twofold. One is, um, it is the technology has transcended to a level that you, it is much easier today to start with these models that have been built uh, that you can much easier get started uh, than you are doing with traditional ML parts. So in traditional ML, you have to set up a team and do that part of it. In traditional AI, now they're part of it. So what organizations today have to think about is not they have to invest in a huge amount of people to get started. That the technologies available today that can harness and deliver value um, and very, very quickly. Right? But what they really need to think about is this aspect of responsible AI because Generative AI, as much as a paradigm shift in the technology world, is also a paradigm shift for governance and security. Because you now have a technology which can generate its own data. So if you think about it, um, traditional ML will only do what you've been trained to. So if you, if you tell the model to say, build a risk profile, uh, it will only do that, nothing else, because that's what the model has been trained to. And it will only be 
tell you what is the data has been fed. You know, you're going into this now new models which have been trained on trillions of data sets available from the internet. And you're leveraging the power of that. It's almost like leveraging a power of the brain. Now, you don't really know what it's been trained on, right? So it could be trained on anything on the internet and you're asking questions and it is coming out with certain things. Not only what you are training itself, the model on the organization data, but can come back with its own aspects. So it's a paradigm shift for governance security piece because now you have something which is not completely deterministic or very static. It can be fairly open. You're almost dealing with the complexity uh, with getting closer to a human brain. It's like almost dealing with a human being who's maybe somebody called it a very smart human being, but you, it's getting closer to that. Now, you have to think about governance and security and responsible AI part of it in a slightly different way and not by fear. So what we have seen many organizations is there's been fear on the unknown. So, so what organization need to take a step back is, is um, you cannot shut down AI, this incredible interest. You're going to fall behind your competition. Um, you're going to fall behind your business if you just go back. So AI is the way to go and move forward. But how do you do that responsibility? Organizations need to take a step back and quickly, and many organizations have done is they brought together a steering committee and start putting together this framework of what is responsible AI. And it's between the business and the technology and security all coming together at a higher level. And there's, but if you quickly build up a framework for your organizations to say, what do we, what to your point, ultimately needs to tie to a business goal. So ultimately, what do we want to achieve? and how do we achieve it fairly quickly? But how do you balance that risk element to it, part of it? And that can be done in a variety of ways. You know, you can train your teams to putting together a policies and standards, part of it, and then adopting certain tools to do that. But without putting together that overarching framework of how do you want to do AI inside a company and responsibly AI, uh, organizations will struggle. Like if you do it in a piecemeal way. Now, you may don't. You may start with a certain business organizations or a certain business application. But having that responsible AI framework is going to be crucial in the longevity of that piece of it. So, what I what we recommend always is organizations start looking at how to build that initially, the responsible AI framework. And in those steps, you outline the steps of the business goals, but also how you are going to meet certain of the internal and outlining that communicating that very clearly to the entire organizations and setting the standards and uh, sets up a foundation. Now, you always, as technology evolves, you have to evolve with that, but you organizations need to take a step back and do this so that, again, don't operate by fear, embrace AI, and but establish a clear set of guidelines in, in what and principles early on. That's the first step. And then obviously there's there's a lot of other things that you need to do to make it up and running. But um, again, I, I love to hear maybe your thoughts as well to see, you talk to a lot of CDO or CXOs, um, what are they saying about this part? I think more or less on the same side, everyone wants to leverage AI, but sometimes or most times they have this fear or this risk factor. What do we do about this? What do we do about this? And they don't know how to go about it. So the best way is, as you said, let's set up a policy. Let's set up a framework on how you want to operate. Let's set some business objectives. 
and then set up a governance around it. Then give it some funding. Of course, if you're a very large corporate, you set up a separate initiative, separate entity so that the risk is contained. Otherwise, you do it in the department. And when you do that, then you innovate. You try out a few models, try out a few ideas, and then whatever works, you implement it. And what works, then you put it in to the risk framework. And after the risk framework and due diligence, you have a good business case to go forward. But then when you do the funding, be prepared that they will not always be what you expected. So be ready for surprises, be ready for failures. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing that we are seeing in the market. Now, so one interesting question, again, maybe we'll love to run by you because that's something comes up is how should organizations set this up? Um, there is, should they do it a command and control like and say everybody follows that or should they do it because innovation driving command and control is is very hard right and at the same time you can't completely be decentralized and say everybody on their own figure it out so maybe i'd love to have maybe hear your thoughts or, and, and happy to share my thoughts on that part of it sure i think there are two parts to it again it's about balance from a guideline perspective or command and control perspective, if you want to call that, there needs to be a policy and a framework saying, what do we want to do? What are the principles and how do we want to do certain things? And what is the funding available? And then set up a centralized AI department or a team if it's not a separate entity. So that sets up basically the ground rules. And then at a certain time, that team sets up what do we expect each department, each business unit to do? And there, there's a freedom of choice on what do they think, what ideas they have, what innovation they can do. And they can also be ideation across the company and then you select some ideas. So that's one way of it, but you cannot control it. Then how do you democratize and how do you make sure everyone is feeling participated? Or everyone is feeling consulted. So yeah. you need to set up a governance structure in which everyone's views are in incorporated. And there, when we say everyone, let's talk about a few key actors, I right. mean, of course, the AI head has to be there as the orchestrator or chairman, but doesn't have right. to make the decision that has to make facilitated decisions. And you have right. to have legal counsel and privacy counsel on the table because those are the two people who will usually say, you cannot do it. This is not done. I have my privacy concern. How do you manage sensitive data? So those concerns, you don't avoid them, put them on the table and address them collectively. Then the financial, of course, because it's going to have financial implications. So you don't want to let it be towards the end. So do your business case along with these guys and have a risk a view, privacy view, and also your CRO and CDO. Yeah. And then your HR, because there's also an employee uh, facing issue and the COO. And when you put all of them together on the table, and of course, based on the organizational dynamics, there may be other people to be involved, but you set up a committee wherein if you're starting an initiative, first you put it for discussion, get everyone's views heard, adapt or maybe put some constraints, validate those risks, mitigate those risks, and then initiate it. And then it'll have far more buy-in because if you're launching an AI program and you say you have the blessings of legal counsel and the risk uh, CRO and uh, CPO and so on, there's far more acceptability. And let everyone share their ideas. Let everyone bring their ideas and let those ideas be evaluated on an objective criteria. So right. you balance it out in a way that there is uh, what do you say command and control steering what projects are done right bottom up you are in, engaging all the staff to bring in ideas i'm right. curious to hear your views as well 
Yeah, yeah. I think so. We uh, I've been spending a lot of time in this space to understand that uh, I view all this data governance and data security as something um, cannot be completely centralized unless you're an organization who is very, very small. Um, but let's talk about a global 2000 here and True. it's it's going to be command and control. Uh, that's it. Completely decentralized is not a way to govern. And so there is a balance, which is we call it a federated model or in some way, I call it federal and state laws or, or local laws, right? So you yeah. need to have a set of federal laws that right? everybody adheres to, which is your organizational wide mandates. While you do have an independence for states and local jurisdictions to make their own decisions on their own data and own business as part of it. Uh, and so you're gonna have local sheriffs who can make decisions. You cannot always go back to one command and control piece of it because it doesn't scale. And because in sometimes organizations fail to think about is um, governance is not, again, can't be taught in unison. It has to be taught in the context of a business, right? So if your business, you really need to think about agility and speed and value as well as so. Uh, so you cannot think about, so in this case of, we're talking about responsible AI, organizations don't have a wherewithal to spend two years thinking about it. They just don't have it, right? So like, Yes, people would love to think and take a step back, involve a lot of people, have discussions to do that. So how do you deal with the situation in this case where there is a CEO level, the CEOs want to move fast because the fear is you want to get left behind competition, but also that customers are also starting to think about these experiences. So if you think about a um, a retail companies, and if your other competitions are offering experiences which leverages AI, you cannot be left behind, right? So, so I think governance and and other piece have to think about like how do you deliver value fairly quickly, and in in order, and you cannot do that by just having a command and control. You can get started, but command and control is not scalable. So you have to again as you outlined very, very articulately as well, is my philosophy has been same. Is like you have to really think about setting that overarching principles and framework and and do it fairly quickly and set up those federal laws fairly quickly. But then have these ownership within these departments and lines to start making decisions within this overall framework. And so you cannot dictate every small bits of it, but the guidelines and framework gives you some flexibility to do things and make decisions on your own data part of it. So we believe in that model to do that part. And so, but it has to be done in a way where you can get value quickly and respond to the business part. Because if business lines are not willing to wait two years or one year for governance to be sorted out, they will go and implement some things without do that part. So the the always the balance is to be how do you do that, but how do you align with the business fairly quickly and show value? And that's I think a puzzle that we all need to continue to improve on within the enterprise world as to how do you do that fairly quickly? Because you know otherwise uh, you again going back to that adoption is key because if your organization's business lines are not embracing governance, they don't see a value, uh, people don't adopt it. So it just remains on paper. So if, and you don't achieve the true level of governance that we know it need to be. I agree with you. And I think agility and speed are two of the constraints, especially for large organizations. So you need to do it in an agile manner. And 
maybe if it's an initiative which is going to cut across entire organization or is going to put your organization in a completely different perspective completely different branding then there's no harm in setting up a small subsidiary let that flourish let that right. do its own independent decision making you give them the funding give them the seeding and let them do it independently while you keep an eye on it oversight on it but not a complete insight on what they are doing and Absolutely. that's the way to gain some speed but in all yeah. this when we talk about ai governance security privacy where does privacy era fit in how does it solve these challenges yeah so just a brief background uh, on privacy report where uh, we have founded this mission around leveraging data responsibility in late 2016 uh, this is my second startup with my current co-founder my previous startup was in the security uh, data security data governance space but in the context of big data big data analytics and we were solving at the time this was again before cloud had really taken over in the context of a technology called hadoop where uh, there there were lots of people trying to leverage data but security and governance was a challenge and we built a technology to really help enterprises gain understanding of the data but also uh, put in controls to ensure they can do it transparently on who can do what uh, within the organization. So what data can be analyzed by home as parts. Uh, that technology eventually was acquired by another big data company called Hortonworks and open sourced into an open source project called Apache Ranger. And Privacy was built on those foundation of those open source projects, Apache Ranger and Apache Atlas part. Uh, and what we have really seen is that in the trends wise, we are really seeing the explosion of data with the advent of cloud. And now with generative AI is going to be, so we are in this golden age or continue to be in the golden age of data part where data is going to drive a lot of business value. And But what we have helped organization is to balance the risk aspect. And, and most, again, I started the part, most organizations are dealing with some level of mandates, internal or external. Um, it used to be very what we call as regulated industries, but with the advent of privacy, GDPR, California privacy, anybody who is dealing with consumer data has to think about and has to think about make sure that data is being used for the right purpose or only be used for certain things. So how do you do that across the organizations has been the constant challenge. And most companies ended up putting in um, controls at variety of way where data touches part. And, and that leads to a lot of band-aids and friction. And where privacy has come in typically is how we can help balance both sides of the equation of really fast use of data, but also put in those guardrails piece. And so our platform has really been adhered and built for large-scale data environments to be starting in. So, and where we've really looked at architecturally, how do you put in controls without impeding the value, the speed, because security governance is not, it's unison. It has to be thought through in the context of business to do part of it. So in privacy, we really thought, really put a lot of thought on putting technology and architecture, which can help putting these controls, which uh, reduces risk. So controls could be understanding the data itself, what is in the data, what is sensitive, and to, uh, building a single place where you can start putting in your rules and policies around who can access what data uh, and then continuously monitoring who's doing what um, but the way we have enforced these controls we have built it in a way it is very transparent to the end user the end user being could be a data scientist or analyst or end user could be a third party 
uh, we have built this in a way where it is very transparent. So what the end result is, it is um, it is transparent to our end users. So uh, I call it the best security and governance tools are ones which no one talks about in the organization. Is where it needs to be transparent part. And so we put in a lot of it, but it's like, but it's still a, I would say, a lot of work we organizations that we need to do to continuously keep up with the innovation that is happening because data has gone beyond just traditional data and AI to generative AI. So when we look at generative AI, it is when I say a paradigm shift, but the principles are the same of uh, what privacy can help is understanding the data, but also based on your role, based on who you are. Uh, there's a certain level of controls we can put in and then get visibility around who's doing what. And we applied those things in, in a transparent way in for generative AI as well, so that any end user can be able to use generative AI, any model and any application, but we are able to provide these controls and visibility for the for the earnings. So, show, so for a CIO, uh, for, for a security officer, we can shine light on what the risks are and have an ability to put controls in very seamlessly across the data estate. Uh, but doing that in a way that it doesn't impede the business application of data. Because at the end of the day, that's the balance. That's the balance between you have to really align to the business use of the data, but you have to put you know guardrails in a way that's transparent and almost uh, transparent to the end user, but in doing it in a way that runs at scale out of it. So, at Privacy, again, that's a technology platform layer that we have really built it um, that work across data. It doesn't matter if it's on-premise or in the cloud. Uh, it doesn't matter which models you use or which applications you use. Uh, they are able to get that consistency for governance, but they're also able to get that transparent application so that the end users, frankly, can do whatever they need to do um, and the governance is taken care of automatically behind the scenes. That's very interesting. And how can people know more about Privacera if they have to? Absolutely. So you can reach out to us at uh, privacera.com. Um, or in, you know, there's a lot of resources that we have as a website part of it. So we have resources around that how do you govern traditional data environments to generative AI? There's a lot of blogs and podcasts. So people can take advantage of that governance is something we are still believe uh, it's a it's a we are cusp we are the starting journey in many organizations um, uh, no organizations uh, will say that they don't need governance so but how do you go from where you are and where you need to be is more so organizations to help so certainly we have resources to help that uh, you can always if you're if you're a technologist who are trying to solve this problem for your own data estate, uh, there are product tools and downloads you can take a look at that part and and or you can ask any questions in our contact us form and we should be able to reach out to you so again uh, and if you uh, i'm available in linkedin as well so uh, if you if you need to find us in linkedin there's a lot of materials in linkedin for both privacera as well as you can always reach out to me in linkedin as well that's perfect so with that i would say it's time to say thank you so much for your insights and it was a wonderful conversation and I hope people will learn a lot from it and they will contact you. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for the opportunity to be here. It was very exciting and I enjoyed the conversations and I look for the further feedback and questions from all of you. Sure. Thanks, Balaji. 
Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, feel free to share it with a friend and write a review. If you have already done so, thank you so much. And if you did not like the show, don't bother and forget about it. Take care and stay safe. Fit for Privacy helps you to create a culture of privacy and manage risks by creating, defining, and implementing a privacy strategy that includes delivering scenario-based training for your staff. We also help those who are looking to get certified in CIPPE, CIPM, and CIPT through on-demand courses that help you prepare and practice for certification exam. Want to know more? Visit www.fitforprivacy.com. That's www.fit, the number four, privacy.com. If you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at hello at fitforprivacy.com. Until next time, goodbye.